Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 224th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. And my goodness gracious, does it feel good to hear that intro in my ears again. We are powered by 8bit.net, Audio Technica, and Manscaped, but more on those guys and girls later. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, my podcast, Ride or Die, the corpo to my street kid. You can find her on Dem Socials at Miss Ali Hart. Sally Hart, welcome to 2021. How the bloody hell are you? How the bloody hell are you? I'm doing well, Brendan. Thank you. Happy to be back into the new year and back in the podcasting chair, so to speak, and, you know, ready to march forward with uh, 8-Bit in the year 2021. Oh, yeah. It is It is all happening. Uh, big changes uh, are afoot uh, with the 8-Bit brand. Uh, some of you may have already seen some of that on the social media uh, because obviously this episode will be dropping into your ear holes this coming Monday. Uh, we are announcing a raft of changes uh, with what's going on here at 8-Bit, but we'll talk about more uh, about that, ooh, excuse me, about that in <laughs> yes. the housekeeping as I burp right in your ear holes, starting Enjoy things that off. ASMR. <laughs> that's it. Oh, my God. So much ASMR. Uh, so much ASMR gets featured on Twitch. It is ridiculous. But anyway, I'm not going to go on that rant. I'm not saying new year, new me, but I'm trying to be more trying to be more positive. I'm not going to be as... I don't really get grumpy, but I'm not going to shit on as many things as I like to. Or I don't used know, to you, like to. You can turn into grumpy old man. I turn okay. into grumpy old man as well. But so. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with Nothing a bit of grumpy old man shape-shifting. But uh, we're here. First episode of 2021, recording on the 16th slash 15th of January. Uh, we've got a ton of things to talk about, a ton of news, a ton of things have been going on, a ton of things we've been playing. But I uh, wanted to sort of shift things around a little bit and um, reshuffle the agenda just for this episode because I think it's going to weave nicely into what we've been up to shortly. So we're going to jump in and start with this. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes via uh, You Go Bananas on Dem Twitters. The tweet reads, Confess something that will revoke your gamer card. Then in brackets, No, not hot takes, actual confessions, please. And uh, she started off by saying, I've never played Portal. So, Miss Hart, you got any... uh, any confessions you want to want to say here in the the eight bit confessional? Do you want to do you want to sure. voice some uh, potential gamer card revoking negatives? Well, yeah. So, um, out of the two of the let's say major consoles, so you say your Sony and your Microsoft consoles, I was very much a Xbox player and stayed pretty true to being a Xbox console you know, exclusive. Um, but the full confession is, is I've never played a Halo. Uh, touched, I've never touched a single version of Halo. This started off pretty early though, because um, a guy in my year nine history class was obsessed with Halo and he was all, Halo's the best game in the world. Every other game's shit. Halo's the only game that you need. If you don't play Halo, then you're not a real gamer. 
Um, and this is quite some years ago too. So this is, it's actually, it was a good view to what to expect in the future. Um, but due to his shitty behavior and his shitty attitude, I went, you know what then? Fuck Halo. I will never play that game because of you. Damn. So, <laughs> so a guy in year nine ruined a game franchise Year nine for history you. in class, yeah. God. The original neckbeard right there in year nine history class. Just I think so. Ruining franchises forever. What yeah. a dick. He was a, yeah, it was a bit of a dick move. It really ruined the opportunity. And then we remember when the Master Chief Collection came out and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I will give this a go. And then that had a lot of issues on launch, so I didn't even get to play it then. So... That's my that's my confessional. I are you going to play uh, Halo? Are you going to play Halo Infinite when it drops later this year? I thought about it. I'm like, well, you know, they're talking about all remastered and you know, you know polishing everything up and having the whole franchise. And I'm like, maybe I should start from the start. I don't know. I've pitched this question out to the universe, and I've had a few contradictions on where I should start with Halo. So we could we could do a, a playthrough of the original Halo if you wanted. It's on PC now, right? Mm. Yeah, so we yeah. could play it through Game Pass. Mm, maybe I'll have to. Then you can then you can hold on to that gamer card. You don't have to get it revoked because you yeah. played some Halo. Not through the shredder, you know. Not through Tape the it. shredder. Tape it back together. Yeah. What, so, what is yours? Um, so I, I guess I can relate to you go bananas here for a second. I never played the first portal and I've played the second portal for maybe two hours. Uh, so my game gamer card is, I guess, you know, loosely held in my two fingers as a strong breeze trying to blow it away. But uh, in years past, that wind would have taken this card and whew, sent it into the ether because everyone knows that uh, I've never played a Diablo game and I've said I was going to play Diablo for, I guess, the for the better part of maybe five years of this podcast I've been I talking about playing say, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time, people, and I uh, just wanted to let you all know that uh, I purchased Diablo 3 and the mm-hmm. Reaper of Souls DLC over Christmas. Uh, it was on a sneaky good deal on the Xbox or Microsoft store, $32 for the whole game, uh, so mm-hmm. bargain. Bought that, played it through in full and the DLC uh, over wow. last weekend, so I've finished the entire game and the DLC uh hadn't hadn't like my um my necromancer who uh who i settled on great class by the way love the uh just the insanity and just the corpse explosions and all that kind of shit but yeah i finished the game finished the dlc and you know what i could have probably waited another five years before i played this game because it's like yeah okay all right cool was it terrible though like was it a bad game no it wasn't a bad game but it wasn't a fantastic game by any means like i'm running you know, through this oh, I, 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 I was just gonna say i kind of understand your perspective i could totally understand that but i'm very proud of you for actually playing it but also admitting that it's not a terrible game it's a good game not a great game so i'll take that yeah it's 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 good dumb mindless senseless fun like mm. there, there's there's a story there to a degree which gets thrown your way through a couple of really cool CGI cutscenes, mm-hmm. but then weird like animated graphic novel panels, and then you didn't like them. I like it, but just give me more of the CGI. Like Blizzard and their CGI work is 
you know, we've talked about it on this podcast many times. Like, it's some of the best in the biz. Like, give me more of that. Like, I was all about it. Like, seeing the story of Leah and where it transitions with her and, uh, you know, when um, Lilith and everybody else, it's, it's really cool, this world that they're building and the stories, but, like, it's just surface-level stuff. It's just, okay, go to this area now, kill a million things, pick up a million <laughs> bits of loot. Oh, wait. You're encumbered again. Okay, fast travel back. Sell the shit. Come Go back, back through the portal. Kill some more <laughs> stuff. Oh, shit, I'm encumbered again. Fast travel back. Sell the shit. And it was just like this constant <laughs> inventory management in between blowing stuff up everywhere. Um, but it was cool, like the amount of abilities and then the like the runes that you can sort of socket for these abilities to give them, you know, variations on that. Mm-hmm. Like it was cool that you could sort of play all these classes in probably a dozen different ways i guess as far as how you want them to to be on the battlefield which i liked some of the little little random interactions you have with some of the npcs like had some laughs like there was some funny characters you meet along the way mm-hmm. and just dumb shit but it's certainly a game you just play like while you got other stuff going on in the background like maybe you've got got a movie on on the other screen and you're yeah. watching that and half just blowing stuff to bits like it's cool. I like that you can play with three other people, but okay, Diablo. Maybe it was better in the early stages with one or two. And I know, like, then I went down like this rabbit hole where I started reading about all the lore in Diablo and mm-hmm. the divisiveness from when they did go from two to three, where it sort of upset a lot of people. Where yeah. uh, they sort of almost took some things out of WoW and plugged it into into three, even just with the aesthetic. Uh, and then I started looking at all the all the sort of alpha and beta footage kicking around on Diablo 4 and watch some some of the the playthroughs and the announcement trails and all that and I'm like okay this looks kind of cool cuz it's a bit darker and a bit more yeah serious in tone and even Gory. just the traversal in it like I'm mm. like okay I c- I could get back in like when 4 comes out maybe I'll get it at launch instead of um, 7 years later or whatever it was uh 8 years was it 2000 no was it 2013? I'm trying or to 2011. Think. It's always hard for me to pinpoint because of how many different editions I bought. So yeah, um, but either but, way, it's it's close to 10 years old. This game, and yeah, it's still fun, still cool. The DLC was interesting, but very quick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, did that. So I'm firmly holding my gamer card. I'm putting it in my uh, invisible breast pocket right now. You know what? Tap. I think you can laminate it now. The fact that you oh, actually yeah. followed through with it, you can laminate your uh, gamer card. Yeah, so that, that felt good. <laughs> uh, I'm feeling great about that. And uh, I guess something that we've both uh, been playing pretty extensively over this holiday break as well is um, a little ditty that some may know uh, from various controversies uh, around the internet. yeah. Yeah, so City Project Red's uh, RPG set in Night City. We're talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. It's been out now for just on or just around a month. And uh, to say it was a slippery, divisive, upsetting launch is an understatement, but uh, we got mm. there. A lot of people are dealing with a whole slew of bugs depending on platform and saves and things like that. I've been lucky that since some issues I had at day one, it's been pretty damn smooth sailing for me, but yourself and uh, Australia's John O'Peck have been getting absolutely smoked by bugs and glitches. So I feel for you guys. John O sounds like he's got 
some of the worst bugs that I've heard for the game. So I yeah. feel worse for Jono. Yeah, he is uh, he is Joe's apartment up in here. Uh, if you if you want a good bug <laughs> reference, uh, but um, yeah, it's it's something like we're still planning to do a spoiler cast on uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, but it is very much up in the air at the moment because yeah, you two can't really get the full experience, and until they patch out some of this stuff, uh, there's two. Uh, major updates coming in the next two to three weeks they're saying so Mm. hopefully it's not too far away to make this thing a nice smooth playable experience for you guys but yeah what's your feeling so far like um you've been enjoying it you think it's okay do you think it deserves all the hatred it's getting um where you at with this so um Mine, mine's been buggy in the sense that's not great for me because I'm a completionist. I like doing side quests and completing them all as opposed to doing main story. And I have three little quest gigs in Watson, the main city, that mm-hmm. I can't finish because they're bugged out. One's, the, one's a psychosis one that the, I killed the person and she sent me a message afterwards so it's still active. Um, and another one's just another gig where I walk into the scene and it's an instant fail. Um, and then I can't remember what the other one is. But either way, I can't complete it. And then I've had it happen through different types of gigs throughout the city as well. So I have to kind of play a little bit, like, smart. Like, I have to be like, okay, if I do this and then I do that, like, that won't trigger this. So it's been a Damn. bit painful. Or going That's back to rough. old saves. It's It's... It's a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, I've also had a lot of things where um, menus or conversational pieces or people's markers have stayed on my screen, even though I'm nowhere near it. Um, and then I've had other glitches where I've just like fallen through, not fallen through the earth, but fallen through things and um, or just died because something didn't work. Um, yeah, it's like just like, like a lot of things that kind of like hindered my um, overall like doing my own kind of story, the way that I play games or I like to play games. It's saying that I love this game. Um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. I love the stories. I love all the different characters. I like the different missions that you can have. And I just enjoy the narrative that I can create for myself or like the way that I can choose to play. Do I feel like doing a long-winded story mission? I could choose that. Do I feel like doing quick little snippets? I can do that. Um and I'm really enjoying seeing the progress of me and Johnny Silverhands, um, who I think is a pretty cool character. <laughs> I have no problem with that dude. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, um, outside of a couple of bugs that really broke my back uh, early, it's been pretty smooth sailing. And I'm really, really, really enjoying the game. Like, sure, it's not a, a perfect piece of art by any stretch of the imagination, but the bones that that cdpr have put together here are are pretty damn good and when it runs well it runs really well i think like aesthetically night city and the the variety in in the the locations in this world are gorgeous Uh, especially like when the sun's setting and you're seeing all these splashes and pops of neon and, and crazy sort of futuristic aesthetic i think that's really really nice like it looks awesome i'm playing what are you playing on i'm playing on the the series x I'm playing on the Series X as well. Okay, nice, nice. But um, yeah, when you get like the the HDR enabled on the telly and stuff, it's it's really, really pretty. And getting some of that ray tracing 
Um, I'm with you. The, the, the assortment of characters you meet along the way, whether it be sort of your your mainline, I guess, group of close friends and confidants. Like I really like every single one of those characters. Uh, they're, they're fleshed out and they're, they're unique and you can love them or hate them. And I think that's great that you can sort of feel differently about them depending on the interactions you have too. And they'll, they'll sort of change how they talk and oh, interact yeah. with yourself, which I think is cool. It's not, they're, they're not just completely on rails. Like their, their feelings towards V will change depending on how you speak to them or how you handle some of the quest lines, you know, the romancing options like, I'm I'm in love with Pan Am. She's oh my goodness gracious me. She's she's something. But um the combat's great. Uh whether you want to be playing uh traditional sort of first person shooter style, you wanna be melee, you wanna do blunt weaponry, you wanna use swords, you wanna use your your sort of cybernetic enhancements and just hack and sort of send viruses through people into their mm-hmm. brains and kill them that way. Like there's so many different ways to to get from point A to point B for for the quests and the assortment and the variety in the quests is really mm-hmm. cool. And just some of the unique characters you meet in these random standalone quests, like it could just be a small interaction, but a lot of the characters seem like they're fleshed out and they stand apart instead of it just being generic NPC, one, two, three, four, five, you know, like they've got yeah. a little backstory they'll tell you. And, and I like the things that they do in this game where like they follow up from like a random quest like they'll call you yeah. a few more hours into the game you know hey man just want to say thanks again left this thing for you or this is all cool hope you're doing well or you'll get a text message like just this little shit that mm-hmm. continues sprinkling the breadcrumbs and connecting these old threads to just nothing quests or characters i think that's cool yeah um but yeah i, I really dig it like i've finished i've got three of the the endings done now um in the game so i know three of the five i think it is and i've just been clearing out the map uh doing random quests just leveling up mucking around with different prosthetic like different um cybernetic enhancements going from the the rocket launcher arm to the gorilla arms to the blades to the different types of legs just to sort of see how it all plays yeah and yeah i'm, I'm digging it and i'm looking forward to some dlc that we'll talk about a little bit later uh, coming out later this year but i just want this game to get patched and get working so anyone that's either hit one of these bugs or game breakers can go back and, and get the experience or people that have been waiting for the game to be in a more stable <laughs> stable offering to get into the game for the first time because it, it is a special game like it's not one of the greatest games of all time by any means but it is very different to a lot of the stuff out there and you know, CD Projekt Red can write a good narrative and there's a cool story here and cool characters with real decisions that can make you feel sad, happy, angry. Like you go through a wave of emotions with some of the shit that you cop in this game and that's the sign of a good game. Like that storytelling is impeccable. When I get the anxiety on selecting a response to like certain quests that I've enjoyed or certain characters that I've come to like and then I they give me the select you know these options and I'm like what's what's the good one like what's the one that you know <laughs> like, the fact especially that when worry. you've got like a, a short timer and you've got to select oh. real quick <laughs> choose choose God, choose choose the heart gets pumping <laughs> but it's been great I, I think overall with this whole like CD Project Red kind of thing. I guess the only thing that I really wish was that it was more thought out. They released it when it was ready. 
because I it could have been a great contender for like a full on like game of the year kind of thing. Like it is a great game. It is a fun game. It's a well thought out game, but it just there's just too many things that just sometimes really take me out of it. Like when you go into the desert and it's polished smooth, like mm. I'm like, okay, that's not right. But yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's a shame because I really, really, really enjoy this game. Yeah, um, I feel we might get like a a second year like Renaissance vibe. Like you know, No Man's Sky is, I guess, a good comparison where like that game wasn't broken, but it was just empty. Mm-hmm. And with development and some some patching, it became the game that was expected. And I think that's probably what we're going to see by maybe the end of this year with Cyberpunk is that this game is going to be just super slick. Uh, with everything we've been promised and then everyone's going to be like, fuck, why didn't you just put more time into it? Why don't you just delay it a little bit more and get all this stuff sorted? But, you know, we don't know everything that went on behind the scenes there as far as, yes, people potentially saying, yeah, it's good enough, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Like there seems to be a lot of naivety getting thrown around by some of the higher-ups where they're like, hey, it, it ran fine on some of our tests or, you know. the, the- A lot of finger-pointing. yeah. Yeah, so here's what it is. We've got a spoiler cast planned. We just don't know when it's going to get done because we want to try and get the complete experience for all three of us, for Ali, Jono, and myself to be able to talk about it from front to back instead of, you know, Jono has to step out at halfway and Ali has to step out at two-thirds way because they haven't gotten any further because of Broken quests, and I'm just there talking to myself. So <laughs> we'll get there eventually, but... I enjoy it. Don't completely dismiss this game. Maybe if if you haven't bought it yet, wait and see what happens over the next month with these two major yeah. updates. Hopefully, they'll fix a lot of these pain points and then maybe pick it up and give it a go because it's worth your time. It's a phenomenal game, great storytelling and uh, great great promise, I think, the game's got uh, yeah. for, for a long-term solution. Um, and then something that uh, we've both watched which has also been very divisive out there in the uh, the social media and internet space, is Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Uh, we both watched, I think, I went and watched it on Boxing Day. Uh, did you do similar or just over the Christmas break, I guess? Maybe not on the day of release, maybe the day after, but, yeah, pretty pretty soon after its release. Did you watch oh, it at home on HBO yeah. Max? Damn. Yeah, I don't think I'm there's so any cinemas open here. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I, I luckily went to the cinemas, uh, went with, with my mom and her partner, Darren, uh, enjoyed the film. Was it the best movie of all time? No, no, no. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I liked that it was whimsical and corny and straight out of the 80s and a little bit more light of heart and cheesy. And it was a good popcorn movie. I enjoyed it for what it was. <laughs> So this is my stance on it. Um, everyone was saying, "Oh my god, what a horrible movie! Oh, this is just shameful. This I want my I want that time back. You know, I revoke my wish, or like all this sort of stuff." I'm like, "Damn! Like, wonder like how bad this actually is." And we watched it, and yeah, it wasn't a masterpiece, and I definitely won't watch it again. Um, you know, I got to watch you know a new release movie. It was like. Actually, I, it can't really gloat about like any kind of 4K or like it didn't really show like show much to my opinion, like graphically. So, um, but to me, it was fine. 
the movie was fine. Um, I The way that I see this is I, I hold this to the same caliber of all the other, like, hero movies that people kind of rave about that I think are just okay like but people are like it's a masterpiece and I'm like well to me like Wonder Woman is the same kind of standard in those kind of films so I just I'm like I don't get why this one was the one that was the worst thing ever like to me it was all very much the same so it was fine like you said it's a popcorn movie like Mm. I know that like um a few things have kind of come up about like maybe some of the you know like some of the tones in there is a bit insensitive but like overall I would I would have just been happy um having like her like explaining the 80s just like that whole sequence (laughs) yeah like we were talking a couple of times in the chat where it's like just make a Disney plus spin-off or not Disney plus sorry uh you know make a make a Wonder Woman spin-off with uh Chris Pine just working out and understanding and learning about the 80s like that little comedic bit where he's you know trying all the clothes on or you know just walking out on the streets and getting so lost with like you know the when he's looking at the the art and then it's like oh look at that piece and you're like no that's that's a trash can and stuff like just Mm. getting him to just go whoa the 80s and getting him to learn and just this crash course on 80s 80s culture would have been sick the scene where he goes to like the space museum I actually found that very heartwarming because, Me too. like, because I'm like, first of all, imagine working at that space museum. Everyone else is just kind of like walking through, but then this guy walks in and he is just amazed. Like he's just been told, like, you know what we can do now? We can fly beyond the clouds. You know, like that scene to me was actually very sweet, and I actually felt a little bit, you know, warm in the heart. But I mean, I really feel like. This movie could have been much worse if it wasn't for good casting. Oh, like, I agree. Like, um, yeah, the the cast like like Pedro, uh, Pascal as as Kristen Max Lord Wiesel. and Kristen Wiig as Cheetah or Barbara, they were phenomenal, and they they were all in. Like, they were committed to those roles, and they made it their own. And yeah, those two coupled with Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, like, they were a great foursome as far as the the leads in this movie, and I think they meshed really well. I know. I know some people can can take or leave Gal Gadot. Like, I can leave her. Yep, I, I'll yep. certainly take her any day. <laughs> um, but um, the, those those four, there was good chemistry between the four when they were on when they were on screen together. Uh, yeah. And and just just the the love. I that was probably my favorite part of the first Wonder Woman movie. Like I really liked. That romance oh, part of it. In the first one, I I, I, I felt it, it. In the second one, I didn't feel anything. It felt like a pair of friends. No, it found, it, um, found like some chums. It, it got me good. Like we're not gonna go spoilers, but like there's a part in that movie that got me real good and got me in the feels. But yeah, like it was very very different tonally to the first Wonder Woman, and they just doubled down on the fun and the quirkiness and the zaniness of eighties and like. OG superhero movies like it made me think of like Superman with um Christopher Reeve in it and like even like Adam West Batman on TV and stuff where it was a little bit more hammy and and sort of fun in parts but yeah there were some plot holes that were like come on now but overall it was just a fun movie like I don't know if it was the movie they ultimately wanted to make and because you hear 
the back end politics, even with the first Wonder Woman, where the ending that they originally had was completely different, but big studio heads said, no, nah, we need it more big and grand or whatever. So they went back and reshot. And I'm wondering if there's some of that. Like, even though they said that this is the movie they wanted to make, it feels to me at times like maybe there was some execs in there picking and prodding and changing things because there was just some scenes where I'm like, this is dumb. But then yeah. there were scenes I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But yeah, it was fun. It's a fun it popcorn fine. movie. Fine, fine is the description I'm always going to give this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a pass, you know? It's, like, I yeah. happily went to the movies. Like, I watched this and then a week later I went and watched uh, Monster Hunter with Benny at the cinemas. And Monster Hunter was a lot, lot worse than Wonder Woman 1984, let me tell you. But it was it was also fun. It was fine, if that's the metric yeah. we're going to use. Like, it's fine. Fine is fine. watchable. Yeah, fine. I find it's is like it's watchable. Like, yeah. you know. Smash some popcorn, have a laugh. Eat some food. You know, get entertained for 90 minutes or two hours or whatever. You know, I think yeah. I think that's a win. You can check and your both phone. Both of these movies gave me that. You can check your phone. You can check Twitter for a you know a few seconds. Obviously not in the cinema. Don't be that kind of asshole. But mm-hmm. if you're watching at home, just you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's very fine. So so both those movies are fine. Uh, we've got obviously a lot of films and things slated for 2021. At this stage, uh, we've already seen uh, Morbius get kicked to the end of the year, which was meant to be out I think in April or March, and now it's. The back I end, wait. I still don't have a huge amount of hopes for yeah. that, but we've got a lot of movies coming out. I can so wait. we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, that's what we've been doing uh, over over this holiday break. I guess some things that we've also been doing if we sort of migrate into like the housekeeping before we get into the the main meat and potatoes of this episode. So uh, as, as we alluded to at the jump of this episode, uh, 8-Bit, we've sort of taken it, taken it back. We're, we've gone back to the grassroots uh for for those that have seen or haven't seen we've uh we've sort of closed down the the 8-bit collective and uh that's not a shot towards any of those fantastic content creators or podcasts that we were working with uh we just felt where we were and where we want to go uh we needed to do a bit of a relaunch of that 8-bit brand with a more focused approach on the content and the the i guess the overall image of the brand and because we had 25 different people with 25 different opinions and shows were doing things differently, you know, there was a bit of bit of uncertainty and, and, and like questions, I guess, about how it all melded together. So mm. we've sort of stripped it right back. Um, we've just got it stripped to a level that I think we can manage and sustain and ensure that we have consistency with everything. Uh, like all the all the podcasts are now, I guess you could say, 8-bit owned or 8-bit official podcasts. So we've only got sort of eight podcasts under under the banner now. Uh, we've got a very small group of people, uh, you know, Ali, myself, Jono, and then some of our other guys, like we've got Screamers, we've got Tilby, uh, Sammy Deej is going to be still doing some video stuff. We're trying to finalize and work out what we can do if we can get um, some more stuff with Hanrolled first. So so NATO, Jack, Dream, Benny. And uh, Benny's obviously doing some stuff now with uh, the Cocktail Club, uh, yeah. which, is, which is a great little little podcast offshoot. It's under the 8-bit cast at the moment, but I think it's only a matter of time before it becomes its own entity. So uh, I think we've got episode two dropping uh, in February for that one. So very excited for that show and for Benny because he's having a lot of fun 
making drinks, having chats, and it's just a cool little concept. So, yeah, yeah the Cocktail Club could become our ninth official. Actually, that would mean our 10th official podcast, sorry, because we've also released an exclusive podcast uh, called Before You Go Live, and that is only available over on uh, Kofi. So that is uh, ko, so ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. And what is that? I hear you ask. That is um, that is our new subscription platform. We've decided to part ways with Patreon. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kofi is a platform where you can still subscribe to us if you want to at a monthly rate. You can do one-off donations. And we've also got a couple of commissions in there. Uh, which replace some of those higher-end tiers from Patreon. So instead of these $10 or $20 a month tiers, you can pay a flat fee uh, to get uh, guaranteed access to, say, uh, the 8-Bit Family Portrait. So you can pay a one-off fee for that to get immortalized in the 2021 Family Portrait. And this year's theme is Star Wars. So uh, you know that's going to be fun, seeing us all uh, in our various uh, Star Wars-themed characters or races or classes depending you can have a lot of fun with that as far as how you want to be decked out and the other um commission we currently have available is a very exclusive 8-bit founders coin uh so we've got the proofs on that and they're they're currently in manufacture through our supplier they're going to be a couple of weeks down the line but once they arrive obviously we're going to get them dispatched out straight away and that's just a one-off cost and with these founders coins once they're sold out they're sold out we're not going to relaunch these this is going to be a a one and done uh item uh you can either get one now or forever hold your peace and be sad because uh, these other people are going to have it and you're not but uh yeah kofi is is where you can support us now so uh yeah kofi.com forward slash we are eight bit uh, standalone subscription services as well as those two commissions we'll be bringing out like a maybe like a seasonal commission where it can be uh, limited edition merch through that as well mm-hmm. so it'll be merch that won't be available through our mainline store which is shop8bit.net which has also had a little bit of a refresh uh, so you can check that out too but there'll be merch done exclusively through uh, Kofi as well where you can get t-shirts hats hoodies so on and so forth which you won't be able to get anywhere else and just other cool unique things like that that were released throughout the year just want to try and make it an exclusive area but also try and give back as much as we can to yourselves so for sort of the the um you know six dollar a month uh subscription fee you're getting early access to the 8-bit cast as well as the hungry game show and also, uh, yeah, that podcast that we we're talking about before you go live, that's only going to be available on Kofi. That's not going to be released into the the podcast RSS ether after that. It's just only going to exist on, uh, on Kofi. And then there's also going to be access to a monthly giveaway and you're going to get a producer's credit uh, in, in some of the mainline podcast shout outs every month as well. So I just want to try and give back and add some real value to that. Uh, Miss Hart, anything you want to say as well? before maybe we jump into uh, a, a sexy ad read? Yeah, just essentially like what kind of what you covered is like this relaunch is, you know, going back and just looking in and just also making sure that everyone that has supported us over the years, you know, gets what gets what they deserve and it's just a, a nod and a thank you to everyone out there and, you know, where it's about you essentially. Perfectly said because, yeah, without you guys, We'd just be people talking into a microphone. (laughs) Yeah. So, which would be, 
you know, it'd be fine. It'd be a bit weird if we were just talking to each other like this and not not sort of getting any any feedback or or fans and friends that have come out of this. So, yeah, we're we're, we're taking it back. Uh, we're going back to, I guess, the origin story of Eight Bit. You know, where mm-hmm. we're we're taking it all back, going back to the beginning, where I think it probably was in its purest form, and and just trying to um, recapture that magic and and improve on that and um you know build the brand out from there you know yeah but uh it doesn't mean we've had any fallings out with the 8-bit collective you know we still love all those guys and gals they're they're fantastic check them out you know they're still represented on our website so you can still uh support them however you want a lot of them are starting to break away and do some of their own patrons and other support channels as well so be sure to uh throw some throw some money or time behind them if you can because obviously that's what uh, it's going to help keep all of us tracking and relevant and uh, and happy. But yeah, this is this is eight bit uh, eight bit version five. I don't know what we want to call it. This is eight. Maybe it's eight bit version one. Maybe maybe that sort of it. And it's it's back to back to the back beginning. To the grassroots. Back to the pasture. Back to the pasture. But uh, I think internally we're all feeling really good about where we're going to take this brand and. You know, uh, there's a fantastic graphic you would have seen getting circulated on the socials or over on Kofi that that Ali put together. And in that video, it highlights that we've got a minimum of 150 podcast episodes dropping in 2021. And that's that's a lot of content, a lot of content. And that didn't even mm. factor in before you go live. So, yeah. you know, we're looking at over 200 episodes uh, in podcast form alone. That doesn't even factor in some of the video stuff we're going to dabble in. And a few other things we might throw in through the year, but we're going to guarantee you a minimum of 150 podcasts to listen to in 2021. Episodes. Like, yeah, not podcasts, <laughs> 150 podcast episodes. About sweat. Yeah, from nine, maybe ten podcasts. So, mm. yeah, 150 podcast episodes. At a minimum, coming at you in 2021. So Coming uh, into your ear holes. Get excited. And uh, something else that I want to get excited about is our friends over at Manscaped. Obviously, I hear you guys questioning a lot. Who are the masters of below-the-belt grooming and the purveyors of perfect pubic hair? None of the Manscaped, of course. And they're here to help you tame Night City with the Perfect Package 3.0 kit. It is equipped with everything you need to know, everything you need to become the new frontman of the legendary rock band Samurai. It all starts with the Lawn Mower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. You'll be rocking Joy Toys Worlds in no time. It also comes with an assortment of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant that will have you gliding effortlessly in your Johnny Silverhands pants. This is a total game changer that will make Vic the Ripper Duck proud. Why are you not already putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that not only refreshes your stamina, but also gives a little jumpy away of your reinforced tendons. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag to store your excess brain dances, disposable shaving mats, and a set of the comfiest anti-chafing boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. And listeners, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code ATEBIT. 
Remember people, nobody wants to see a common, we're talking white level common, cybernetic enhancement. Get them exotics, get them in legendaries using Manscaped and the code 8bit at checkout. Probably not my best, uh, my best uh, wordplay for Manscaped, but uh, I was trying to weave it into to the cyberpunk. I, I did okay, but there was a few there where I probably could have could have thought I, about it a little bit more. So sorry. I mean, you reinforce tendons. Um. <laughs> you put them in, and then you can do double jumps and jump really high, really far. Yeah, that's what you can yep. do with a reinforced tendon. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Yes. It doesn't matter how many times I read this before we get on. The second that I read it live, I'm just like, I can't hold back laughter. <laughs> oh. Well, you did well. You did well because you're a professional. I am anyway, professional. let's jump into this. This week's news headlines. In the first uh, little nugget I wanted to throw at you out there in the podcast listener universe... Steam saw 21% more games sold in 2020, Valve reports. The storefront had 120 million monthly active users last year. Hours played jumped up 51% and VR sales rose 32%. Um, I don't think I'm surprised by any of this, especially with the world. Obviously, a lot of isolating, a lot of uh, staying at home, not being able to go anywhere. So uh, what do you do? You play a lot of video games, clearly, by this. And, uh, you know, companies like Steam certainly uh, made out like bandits last year. But mm. uh, I think I think the cool one to see is that constant VR number going up yeah. year on year. I'm really excited to see VR become more of a, a mainline staple in a gaming household and the technology is getting better and the games are getting better and more complete. So I'm excited and happy for all the, the VR companies out there that are starting to probably you know, recoup a lot of their development costs and losses and starting to come out ahead and yeah, onwards and upwards VR and augmented reality and all the other offshoots that we're going to see, like, huzzah! Yeah, I'm always impressed whenever, like, VR sales go, like, on at least the rise because the avenues in which you can experience VR gaming are still pretty limited um, where you have, obviously, the PlayStation Avenue, which is clunky, I don't really recall how many games are available. Um, There's a good amount, but out of that good amount, not many of them are good. Good. Confirm because I wasted a lot of money on PSVR games. I'm not just being a Sony hater. I'm saying that I bought these games and I regretted buying these games because they were shit. Mm. So there's great games. And I'm curious, now that, um, who is it? Is it Oculus? Who's the one that you have to now go through Facebook? That's Oculus, yeah. So uh, do you play games through a Facebook marketplace or is it still connected to Steam? It's it's still like it's its own like Oculus marketplace. Okay. Um, but you need to be logged in to Facebook. So in your in your account you set up through your, your various Oculus headsets, you need to have that married up to a Facebook account. Gotcha. For verification and safety purposes. And we you know the bullshit still your data through around. Yeah. <laughs> just to data mine you a little bit more but um yeah like it's great it's awesome to see the oculus quest 2 is getting a lot of positive press it's the it's the perfect way to get into vr like it's a sub 600 headset it's wireless yeah it's comfortable like i've still got the old old quest version one sitting here and it's great it may be covered in dust because i haven't played vr in a while but that's not a detriment to the product 
I just need to take some time and play it because I keep forgetting that they've just released like a, a VR Jurassic Park game on the Quest and I need to go and play that. So maybe that's what I'm going to do this weekend and then probably be upset that it's taken me so long to play it. But yeah, VR's great. VR's great. It's an experience that you need to chuck anybody into friends family the elderly the young whoever it is like it's it's unlike anything out there and it's mind-blowing especially for non-gamers to play vr mm. it is just mind-blowing stuff so uh yeah, yeah nice to see 32 percent uh, sales increase yeah mm. talking more sales uh we're talking about the australian market here particularly and sales of video games in australia surged 35 percent last year so uh, 15.8 million boxed and digital sales were sold in the market during 2020. And uh, Miss Hart, what do you think the best-selling game of 2020 was in Australia? I don't know. There was that um, that really small title that everyone in the world was essentially hyping up. I think it was called like Animal Crossing or something. Maybe that one? Yep, you would be correct. That little ditty was the runaway winner as far as the best-selling game in 2020. And, and you or I are not surprised. You know, we've gushed about this game in, in grand detail over the last 12 months. I've not played the game for maybe six to eight months. Missed the Christmas uh, event? Missed all the events. I didn't all go the do events. New Year's. I didn't do New Year's. I was like asleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good New Year's. <laughs> so I missed the Yay New the Year's elderly. event. Yep. Yay the elderly. I, I wish my... Uh, my AK Racing seat here had seat warmers in it to uh, appease my sore back right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Animal Crossing New Horizons was the top seller. And the second place seller, I'm surprised, but then I guess I'm not surprised because this game cannot die. <laughs> We're talking about Grand Theft Auto V, which was the number two best-selling game of 2020 in the Australian market. And what's even crazier is that it was up 23% from the year prior. So this game, Rockstar, just printing money, obviously GTA Online, and then you're getting a lot of the roleplay stuff that's that's really starting to come into its own even more. Oh, my God, but this, this is just a money factory, this game, and it is insane. There is some great Australian role-playing um, you know, servers that are out there and, like, because I've witnessed a lot of the American ones, like the popular ones, you know, the popular streamers, but then I've actually stumbled into a few Australian ones and, ah, oh, they, like, they get the Australian and they turn it up to, like, 11. It's, like, so good. Like, the cops chasing, like, people who are playing as, like, junkies and swearing and stuff. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's really great. And and just the the dedication of these people on these role-playing servers, like mm. we're starting to see now uh, Rust become the next new hotness. Uh, everyone's on these these private Rust servers, so a lot of content creators role-playing on there. I never really latched on to Rust. Uh, wasn't really for me, but it's, it's going to maybe be... It's already feeling like it could be the game of 2021 because you're looking at the, the surges as far as players and units sold and everything and it's just been uh, ESRB rated so it's going to be making its way to console soon uh, I think this game is going to be one of the the, the crown jewels of 2021 as far as um, positive end of year stories go you cannot say that twitch game video game streaming has no effect on the gaming like economy and community like 
It's ridiculous. Rust is an old ass game. I have no idea why it came back up again, but it is overhyped and there's already drama in the Twitch community. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, <sighs> it's it's getting the Among Us rub right now. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> as as you said, the the content creator rub and the content creator collaboration rub also. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the thing that's taken these games to next level. And uh yeah, Rust is certainly on track to <laughs> have its best year of sales ever and it's only the middle of january so oh, uh God. crazy like awesome for the developers i love seeing the the people that have worked hard building these games getting success and, and getting rewarded for their hard work but yeah i don't know rust isn't for me so have at you content creators go enjoy your rust go enjoy your dick swinging <laughs> all right the uh the next bit of news and this sort of weaves into what we were talking about uh, with Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red co-founder Marcin Iwinski addressed mm. the various angry mobs this past week, uh, releasing an update slash apology video regarding Cyberpunk 2077. The video explained that the two planned DLCs that they have in the works have been pushed back in order to get our two significant updates out. So they're <laughs> the updates we were talking about earlier. The first one is due out in the next week or so. So it's going to be out between somewhere between now and uh, you know the, the final third of January. And then there's a second major significant update slated for sometime in February, which is kind of cool. Hopefully that means the game is going to be stable and playable after these two big updates. And then uh, Iwinski went back and also narrowed the next-gen upgrade window so this is when you're going to get your next-gen PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series X slash S upgrade to the second half of 2021. So you're going to get an upgrade for a game that will be potentially have been out for 12 months before you get the full upgraded mm. version for next, now current-gen consoles. Like, oh boy. To be honest, like that doesn't matter to me yeah. anymore. I've, I've, I've already gone absolutely balls deep into this game, so any kind of enhancement like that doesn't really matter to me now. I'm used to it. The updates, yes, please hurry, fix my fucking quests, please. Um, <laughs> I really just need, I need them gone. I really need them off my screen. I, like I know I completed them. Um, however, um. Do you reckon these updates, sorry, not these updates, the DLCs, do you reckon this is just, uh, this is the stuff that we didn't finish? I'd say, I'd say at least one of the two DLCs (laughs) is probably some of the content that they had initially for the launch roadmap that, yeah, they went, shit, we're running out of time. Let's kick it out of the, out of the (laughs) development cycle. Um, I think the, the thing that gives me a little bit of hope with those DLCs though is CDPR, they don't go half-assed with expansions and DLCs. Like you see the stuff with The Witcher mm. and like that Blood and Wine DLC is its own game that's like 10, 12 plus hours at a minimum. So this could be a big chunky addition to the game that can really open up to like new parts of the world or introduce you to some cool new characters or maybe flesh out some of the characters. Like I'm I excited that for that. <laughs> There's like a lot of things where you're like, that looks like it's meant to be unlockable. <laughs> yep. um and there's a few things where um story-wise like the story ends and i think it's fully ended and i'm like 
I kind of want to know more about this. Like, I'm hoping that some of these DLCs will, like, kind of bring these stories back and show you maybe some consequences of your actions or whatever, hopefully. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious with the DLC. Like, we won't talk about where we think they could go or fill in some of those holes, but no. <laughs> there's a lot of potential with directions they could take these, these two pieces of DLC. So uh, I'm hoping they're giving it a high level of care and really fleshing it out and it, and as it isn't just a pseudo oh here's here's a piece of content that we promise that we're just going to sneak in via a dlc like give me some great narrative give me some great character development give me a cool new region to explore and new abilities and enhancements and all that kind of stuff so mm. we'll see but at least at least they're not completely putting their heads in the sand like i know we did say a little bit of wishy-washiness earlier about, oh, it played fine in local testing and this was good and we didn't, we underestimated the severity of the bugs type of shit, but yeah. at least they're they're getting in front of, like, I guess they're talking in a lot of grey, vague speak, but at least they're talking. Yeah. Like, and I, they're talking I, regularly. I mean, yeah, what else can they do? They're facing lawsuits. They're facing, like, a lot of shit right now. So they it's kind bonkers, of... It's bonkers, isn't it? They have to do stuff, unfortunately. Like, um, I'm sure a lot of people and a lot of groups within CD Projekt Red are absolutely pulling their hair out because of just this decision to release the game and essentially the domino effect of the chaos that has come with it. So... So much for um, those uh, those uh, posts that they did about, you know, pushing back the game so they could, you know, give their staff the right amount of time. Those staff probably haven't had a nice night of sleep since. No. And you feel for them staff because you get these fuckheads on the internet that will they'll see that person XYZ is then a, a developer or a writer or a coder at cdpr so then they start you know attacking them you know they'll start tweeting them directly or dming them on socials or whatever and just flaming these people that are busting their ass for this game but yeah like top line is where is where the sword falls for me like upper management is where the sword falls and they need to be res like take the responsibility like the developers and whatever they're just doing what they're paid to do and no doubt they're busting their ass to get this game out and do these quality of life improvements and stuff but it doesn't allow you access to to go at them personally like it's insane and like this isn't the only ever game that's been released that's been broken but this is this is the only game i can remember in in my gaming history where it's gotten this big and there's class action lawsuits and all this kind of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I've never seen it escalate to that type of level. But, um, yeah, you know, keep watching, keep keep hoping for these two major updates <laughs> to, uh, you know, squash a lot of the issues and, and maybe make this game what we all hope and sometimes experience that it can be. Yeah. <laughs> all right. On some more positive news, uh, Spanish Twitch streamer David... The Grefgy? I don't know how you pronounce his his Twitch handle. I'm not a big Twitch guy, but it's the the Grefgy or the Grefge. I don't know. But I it's David Grefgy. Martinez is his real name and the Grefge or the Grefgy is his uh is his uh handle. Uh, but he just broke the Twitch record for concurrent viewers on an individual channel with an insane, insane number of two point four million people watching him 
while he revealed his skin collaboration with Fortnite. Martinez's stream, which topped off at over 2 million viewers, handily beat the previous record for concurrent viewers on an individual stream, which was set by Tyler Ninja Blevins in 2018 with 635,000. So he nearly quadrupled the number with this. And uh, like I don't know him, don't watch any of his content. I watched the reveal video and then he's like doing a Tom Cruise couch jump moment type of thing. And he seems like a nice wholesome guy, but it's awesome to see a Twitch streamer breaking through that is you know from a different different country different nationality different native tongue like this isn't an english speaking twitch streamer like he does his streams talking talking in spanish and it's awesome to see yeah someone that's not from that generic cookie cutter mainstream have this exactly. type of success so that was really great to see yeah exactly like i i kind of you know kind of go ugh cuz like the reason well not the re- very reason but i mean the fact that he was displaying his um fortnite character um, before it be, I think it was because he got he was able to show it before it was released, so yep. it was kind of exclusive to for them to see and witness it then. Um, but in the same case, like yeah, it, it's nice to see someone different in the mix. Um, you know, of a group that's like marginalized, like you know that don't always get the fucking you know front and center as you I was like kind of mentioned like the cookie cutter group that we're so used to con- constantly seeing in the news so yeah glad to hear this yeah, one no, really well done like t- imagine having 2.4 million sets of eyes looking at you at once like that is that's crazy it's the chat like i don't know why for me but i go into the like sometimes i step into those really popular streamers like channels and for me, Twitch is this sort of like is about like kind of that interactivity. That's what I kind of figured. And I just like when your chat is going like, mm. I'm like, what like what's what's the point of chatting? Like, yeah, I, I, it goes by the wayside almost when when those numbers get to a certain threshold. And yeah, that chat just becomes like a a poker machine spin wheel. <laughs> and yeah, it just becomes them almost like having these monologues with themselves all the time. Yeah. You know, talking, hey, chat, what's going on? Did this. And it's not like, oh, Jimmy T, X, Y, Z. I agree with that. It's just them yeah. talking constantly, the chat interacting but getting no interaction back. Like it's it's kind of weird, but, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't fault these streamers and also the people that watch them. Like, but yeah, 2.4 million, that's, that's insane. And the fact that it's so much bigger than the previous record of 635,000. Um, but yeah, power power to uh, David Martinez for that. It's awesome to see and hopefully we see more of that. As you said, the, the, the marginalized people and the people that don't get the same attention that all these generic streamers do, it's, it's great. So hopefully this is a nice step in the right direction and um, you know more successes for people to come. Uh, the next bit of news... Nintendo wants you to catch them all in 2021, it seems. New Pokemon Snap is coming to Nintendo Switch on April the 30th. In New Pokemon Snap, players will take on the role of a budding Pokemon photographer and work with the Lentil region expert known as Professor Mirror and his assistant reader, obviously, on an ecological survey to photograph Pokemon in nature. You will also be traveling in an auto-driving vehicle known as the Neo 1 to allow you to focus on getting the best shots. Players will be able to interact with Pokemon by throwing fluff fruit to catch their attention or watch them eat 
and can use the flute uh, and can use <laughs> or is it flu fruit is it flu fruit or is it fluff fruit <laughs> I don't uh, know. there's two f's there in this in this fluff writing fruit? so i i read that as like fluff fruit fluff but fruit so i was right, i just yeah. think it, i just think it's funny because if some people eat too much fruit they also fluff so yeah yeah like carry you. on <laughs> i love a good fluff all right, by throwing fluff fruit to catch their attention or watch them eat and can use the fruit to help draw them out of a variety of situations. Professor Mira will evaluate your photos and your score will be based on the subject's poses, how large they appear, giddy up, how directly they're facing the camera and where they fall in frame. Uh, further news I was looking at is this is a single player only experience. There is no co-op option available. But new Pokemon Snap dropping on that Nintendo Switch this coming April the 30th. This is a day one purchase for you. Are you in? Because I know you're a big Snap fan. I like, I really enjoyed the original Snap. But then I'm thinking, <laughs> this is when I, like, you know, we're kind of, you know, a bit spoiled for choice. I'm thinking about how you play the game and I'm like, I can see me getting bored of this really quickly. <laughs> me too. Me too. Like, I, I'm... I'm a Pokemon fan. I love Pokemon. I'm not like God tier Pokemon knowledge savant like a lot of people we know in our circle are, but like <laughs> I enjoy the universe. I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the the various game entries. I like playing Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Stadium back in them N64 days. That's cool. But I feel, yeah, I'm going to play this game for like an hour or two and go, you know what? I've got my fix. I've taken yeah. some photos of some Pokemon in some unique poses, eating some fluff fruit. Looking large. Looking large. <laughs> I'm good. I'm moving on. And, you know, is what it is. But, uh, yeah, new Pokemon Snap. Yay. Uh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that have been looking forward to this, so I'm happy for them. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. And um, I just wanted to sort of add furthermore to this... Uh, in some further Pokemon news, uh, the Pokemon company, uh, they've, they've done a deal uh, because uh, oh, 2021 is obviously uh, the 25th anniversary and they have hired pop star Katy Perry to do something to celebrate. So Perry is the first in a, in quotes, star-studded lineup of music stars signed up to something called P25 which is a collection of artists who will help celebrate Pokemon over the course of the year. So uh, there's no much, there's no more information out there apart from that at the moment. But uh, yeah, we're going to get uh, get uh, Katy Perry and co singing about Pokemon, maybe reworking some of their classics. Maybe you know, she kissed a Snorlax and she liked it. I don't know. I would like to um, kiss a Snorlax. Yeah, I'd kiss a Snorlax. Big beautiful bear things like yeah. they're great i'm wondering like it would be cool if they also did that thing where a lot of people um art wise would reimagine like musical artists in pokemon form like as like you know as gym leaders or whatever so it'd be cool oh, to see yeah. if they would like also put them in the game i like that idea that could be cool that, would that be could cool. be really cool seeing everyone uh yeah immortalized as trainers or uh, support characters or yeah nurse joys or whatever you know yeah. but uh yeah katie perry is the current headline act for uh p25 so more information no doubt coming out on that one very soon and the uh the last bit of news bringing to the hungry table today 
Lucasfilm is resurrecting the Lucasfilm Games brand as the new home for all its video game properties, including future Star Wars titles and beyond. Lucasfilm's legacy in gaming stretches back decades, says the company in its announcement post. And with Lucasfilm and the galaxy far, far away entering a new and unprecedented phase of creativity, so will the world of Lucasfilm Games. Lucasfilm Games brand has a long and illustrious legacy, of course, being the original name given to the company's gaming division by George Lucas in 1982. We weren't even born back then. A division that would go on to produce a string of seminal titles from adventure classics such as the Monkey Island series Fuck and yes. Day of the Tentacle to beloved Star Wars games including X-Wing and Jedi Knight. Hoorah. Lucasfilm's games was rebranded LucasArts in the 1990s, although that too ceased to exist in its capacity as a developer and publisher following Lucasfilm's acquisition by Disney in 2012. So that's kind of cool, uh, but there's more to this uh to this big week of uh, Lucasfilm games. And uh, the first one, Bethesda Studio Machine Games is making a new Indiana Jones game, the publisher announced in a short teaser on Twitter this past week. The game will feature an original story and be a collaboration between Machine Games and Lucasfilm Games with Todd Howard as the executive producer on the project. Bethesda didn't reveal anything further about the game in its brief Twitter thread and wrote, it'll be some time before it has any more information to share See you in 2025. <laughs> See you in 2025. And the next part, Ubisoft and Lucasfilm Games have also announced a collaboration on a new Star Wars game. Development on the project will be led by Massive Entertainment, whose expertise and talent will be used to create a story-driven open-world experience within the Star Wars galaxy that will also utilize the studio's cutting-edge technology and advancements, including the Snowdrop engine. The vast Star Wars lore is an incredible source of inspiration for our team, said Eve Gilmore, co-founder and CEO of Ubisoft. This is the beginning of a long-term collaboration with Disney and Lucasfilm Games, and we are pleased to be working hand-in-hand to build upon the incredible legacy of Lucasfilm to create a game that we know Star Wars fans will love, end quote. So my goodness gracious, it has been a big week for Lucasfilm and Star Wars and Disney and uh, Bethesda as well, like... Mm. um, Bethesda and Indiana Jones. Uh, I already saw the comparisons, and it was the first thing I thought when this dropped. Is uh, obviously uh, people pandering, be like, "Oh, Sony have Uncharted now. Uh, Microsoft have Indiana Jones. You know, they've got their they've got their uh, direct competitor there. There's obviously no confirmation if this is going to be a Microsoft platform exclusive, or if it will be available on uh, on Sony and, and the PlayStation Five. As you said, though, Miss Hart, this game is many years away from release. Uh, yeah, I think we're two, three years at a minimum waiting on that. Uh, there was also some con- uh, concern with Todd Howard being the executive producer on the project. He said that that's not going to impact uh, Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah, and that's Starfield. what my concern was. I was like, wait, how about you finish your plate before you have dessert, okay? Mm-hmm. I like that. I love that. <laughs> but uh, that's exciting. And then seeing um, seeing Ubisoft get in on this via Massive Entertainment, obviously that's the studio behind the Division 1 and 2. Mm. So we know they can craft pretty big open world games. Uh, but it's surprising because EA have held exclusivity on the Star Wars game publishing license, uh, they they signed a ten year agreement. It's due to expire in twenty twenty three, but it's kind of cool that they're already 
coming out and spreading their wings with uh, Lucasfilm Games. So they're not gonna they're not gonna develop any games, Lucasfilm Games. They're just gonna collaborate with other uh, development studios and say, we want to build this game. We're gonna work in with you and make sure everything's canon and all the law marries up and stuff like that. But Which is good. Yeah, so we're gonna get continuity from game to game and between franchises but they're going to rely on these studios to just make good games. So I think that's awesome. They've said that EA is still going to continue to maintain a relationship with the Star Wars franchise. So we're going to no doubt get a a Fallen Order 2. Maybe we're going to get some other Star Wars games through EA, but it's kind of cool that they're allowed to spread their wings and work with studios. They're going to deliver the best possible product. So pretty big, pretty exciting bring back my galactic battlegrounds um i really like that game and i can't i can't get it anywhere and i really liked playing it um i'm what i like is the there's actually been a lot of talk especially within the star wars franchise about keeping everything canon canon and then making sure everything interweaves and works really well and the fact that they actually have like essentially like a group department that is in charge to overlook over all content which comes with books video games, comic books, like all that sort of stuff. Like they're making sure that everything links up now. So um, it's good to see that they're taking the franchise pretty seriously. But, you know, fans going to fan and they're always going to be pissed off at something. So, you know. Yeah, but, uh, like it's it's a very, uh, very controversial and uh, sensitive franchise and universe, that Star Wars world. So no doubt, yeah, we will get some purists sticking their nose up at this or when the games come out or characters aren't represented the right, whatever it is, you know, there's still going to be some some upset people out there. But I like that they've, they've come out and made this statement and they're, they're just looking to to pad out these worlds and, and um, yeah, this this new un- and unprecedented phase of creativity. It's kind of a cool little, little sort of byline that they've chucked in there and obviously... Mm. John Drake is heading up the uh, the Lucasfilm Games arm of Disney. He was brought on across from Sony. Uh, you know, he's he's been a, one of the the lead dogs and one of the one of the, probably the best performers in the game space from an upper management perspective for years. So they're serious about it. They've got some some big people making and steering this this big uh, this big Millennium Falcon shaped <laughs> shaped world. So yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what Ubi and Massive Entertainment do. Like, is it just going to be a division esque game in space? But like, if we can play, if we can play Squad Star Wars, where we can rumble around and and take back the Republic or whatever it is together, yeah, um, I'd be down for that. Like, yeah. sign me up. I'm not. I am not going to mislead myself with my dreams and ideas of what it could be. So I'm just going to hold off on that because I don't want to crush my own soul. Um, I also just want to point out um, the connection with the Indiana Jones game of Bethesda and um, Machine Games. Um, I find it funny Machine Games' involvement with them doing Wolfenstein and then Indiana Jones also having infamous connection of like Nazis. So a lot of Nazi killing. So it's like yep. Bethesda's like, how do we handle this? And then Machine Games is like, well, we have experience. So yeah, Todd Howard's <laughs> just like walked out into into the workspace like, yo. We're doing Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones game. And then someone from Machine Games is like, we're killing Nazis. Yeah, bro. Sign us up. Let's do it. We got it. <laughs> but um, it's kind of cool thinking of like when 
like a lot of the games from from Lucasfilm games like will we get a new edition or a new entry to Monkey Island or will we get uh, a full throttle or will we get Day of the Tentacle stuff like that there's so many the awesome dig. IPs they could bring back as well yeah yeah uh, one of my favorite is um the dig um it's a great game but not a lot of people played it so i've heard about it a few times but you never touched it yeah so if it, if we get like like even in like cleaned polished re-releases i think i'll be happy with that yeah so uh it's exciting it's good to see that um you know disney disney just keep well we can't confirm this is a home run yet but from a from a press release and a potential of where this could go it certainly feels like they are they're on quite the the win streak at the moment with things that are happening with the mandalorian and then all the offshoots of that and all the other Mm -hmm. shows and films and uh now now the studios that are coming out and the fact that they're just going to sit over the top and just make sure it all connects together like all these puzzle pieces work i think that's cool you know let the let the studios make the games you guys just make sure it's all canon and everything is connected in the right way and yay but yeah, maybe maybe Indiana Jones becomes a Microsoft exclusive. I'd I'd certainly do that if I was Microsoft. I'd be swinging that big dick and be like, "This is ours now." <laughs> maybe swinging that whip. I only played like I think everyone knows this that I've only watched one Indiana Jones movie, and it's the one that everyone says is the worst. But I the, have the played the latest one, the yeah, Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. Yeah. I didn't mind it. It was fine. It is the worst, um, but we've got a new Indiana Jones movie coming out in 2022 as well. So go oh, figure. That explains the game. Okay, yeah, but the game should be fine if it's in the same vein as like Uncharted. I wonder if it's going to have. It have to have Harrison Smith's like uh, Harrison Smith Harrison Ford's oh. likeness. Maybe or maybe they're going to start like. Wait, Sheila Booth? No, that was the kid, right? In the in the Crystal Shia Skull. Yeah, he was he was in Crystal Skull. Yeah, mm, maybe his face. Oh, I don't no. know. He's actually in trouble now. No. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's gone. He's gone too far off the unique, quirky deep end, and now he's just uh, not a good dude. But uh, yeah, Indiana Jones coming to consoles and uh, Game Pass, no doubt. So mm-hmm. yeah, sadly they'll be doing press press tours with Harrison Ford, and he just won't give shit. He's just like, they paid me, I did the voice work. I'm on to the next thing. So disheartening, but if I he get does. It. It's if a job. He does. It's a job. All right, let's uh, jump into this. New releases and events. And <laughs> there's not much doing in the game space this coming week. Uh, Ride 4 comes out on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X slash S on January 21st. And the big one, which we mentioned earlier in the pod, Hitman 3 coming out on everything on January the 20th. Uh, I'm going to get in on some Hitman. I love that game. I love that franchise. love Agent 47. I love the crazy amount of ways you can kill people and do all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that makes me sound a little bit, bit freaky talking like that, but the creativity on how you can get from point A to point B and deal with that target is phenomenal. So uh, bring on Hitman 3. Yeah, I've actually, I don't think I've actually played a Hitman game, but um, I've seen enough people like play it online. Um, I know like both Funhouse and Achievement Hunter have videos of playing Hitman and it just, it looks fun. It looks stupid. I like that yeah. it gives you the option on how you can execute plans. So I really do want to play one. So maybe I'll jump on this one. Hell yeah. You don't have to wait too long. A couple of days and it'll be potentially in your hands. Couple of days. Couple of days. <laughs> Was was that full frontal? Couple of days, I, or was that? 
think fast it was. forward. Oh no, then I I really bad at remembering what those ones are. Like a couple of days. Was it Con the Fruiterer? Did he say a couple of days? I think so. Beautiful. So that yeah, sounded like the fruiter. Yeah, but that also sounded front. like Milo forward. Kerrigan, so which is full frontal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love Milo Porter. Kerrigan, by the way. <laughs> Me too. Oh, Sean McAuliffe, he's such a talented individual. The, the fact that was well, he was a lawyer and then he stopped and he became a comedian and yeah. And the fact that Poiter, Eric Banner, has <laughs> become this Hollywood heavyweight. Like it is awesome to see. Awesome to see. All right. We thought we'd end this episode with uh, a quick little little sort of segment where we wanted to what what we what what do we want to happen in 2021 you know it's mm. it's a messy world out there and this gaming industry is certainly messy and not without its warts and its negativity and all that kind of stuff so we thought we'd we'd chuck our positive thoughts and wants and needs into into the 8-bit wishing well and see <laughs> if <laughs> if it comes to fruition mm. uh, by the end of the year so miss hart what are you wishing for? So in 2021, what I'm wishing for is spotlighting indie games this year. Let's hype them up. Um, let's put them front and center. Let's get more hype on the like the video conferences or the video showcases that go out there. I feel like the indie ones usually you never really find out about them or they don't really get hyped up as much on the major channels. Um, let's get the, these indie games funded. I want new ideas i want new stories from different perspectives um i'm already seeing like a bunch of games that will be coming out this year with wonderful stories from people with different backgrounds and different like you know growing up in different homes and different lives different countries and everything so i really think we need to hype up the indie games to get these stories out there because if last year proved anything indie games can really uh hold their own in the uh major network major group of uh, AAA games that's usually out yeah. there. So yeah, they can go punch for punch. Like mm-hmm. you look at look at the success of Hades last year, Untitled mm-hmm. Goose Game the year before. Like these small little games from small dedicated studios can deliver an experience and and be right up there with the big AAA heavyweights. So I I agree with you there. Yeah. Um. I also said um. Let's get more horror games. I want more horror. Hell games. yeah. We've already got Hell two yeah. coming out this year. What What was that? Sorry. Two horror games coming out this year, I think. Uh, We've got it? a few, like um, the, the medium, medium comes out in the next couple of months, which I'm very excited for. Or next couple of weeks, I should say. It's out at the end of this month. Mm, uh, and- so I'm very excited for the medium. And then that weird HR Giga looking offshoot. Um, Is that officially that coming another- out this year? <laughs> God, what was it called? But there was that other Xbox exclusive that was announced. And where's um, Resident Evil coming out? Is that- I, well, they've, they've got a conference coming up in the next couple of weeks mm. and they're going to announce Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8's release date. I still think it's going to come out in the, the back end of Q1. So I'm reckon? feeling like it could drop that soon. And then I think they're going to announce a Resident Evil 4 remake as well. I think that's what's happening Ooh, in the next couple of weeks. 4 remake would be nice. I like yeah. that one. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love horror games. Give me Give me all the horror games. Uh, but what I want to happen in 2021 as I stare into the 8-bit wishing well, uh, something that I keep talking about, maybe we'll get an announcement at this this Resident Evil showcase because they're both Capcom-owned IPs. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll finally get that Dino Crisis remake that I talk about far too often on this podcast. Uh, outside of that, I would like to see a good an assortment of debut trailers from these Microsoft-owned studios 
So this should be the year when Microsoft gets out in front and says, here's all these exclusives coming to our platform over the next couple of years. Like, you know, they own a, a bucket load of studios now. So let's let's start getting that press and that hype going for these, these potentially new IPs or maybe their um, new entries into existing IPs. I want to see a ton of new activity from Microsoft. And I'd also like to see less anger and hate thrown around online or via mm. social media. It's, you know, it's something we talk about here pretty regularly, but I'm, I'm making it official. I'm chucking this into the wishing well. You know, Life isn't perfect and sometimes shit doesn't turn out the way that we had hoped. And that's obviously evident too in, in releases in media with film and games and so on and so forth. But you know, there, there's no issue with being disappointed in something or you know, upset that it didn't meet your expectations. But you know, you, you can air out that disappointment, but do it in a constructive way. You know, you don't need to just start going to the bottom of the barrel and spitting violence and sexism and racism and hate speak and all this mm. kind of toxic shit that doesn't help anybody. Like, you know, vent your frustrations, but vent it in a way that, uh, you know, if if a game developer or a film studio can see it and it'd be like, you know, I this this let me down because of X, Y, Z, you know, maybe that's criticism they could take and then improve on the product or future products, you know? So just... Just be better. Be aware that your words have power, and you know don't don't get caught up in the the anger, bloody cluster fuck that it is. Like you know, just of something that I've been talking about is, you know, if if people if people in your circle, you know, they no longer connect and, and align with the way you think or your values, you know, just just unfollow them or block them. You don't need to make a big deal of it. Just do what you can to cut that toxicity out of your life because COVID and everything else is making things stressful enough. You don't need someone chirping on social media about things that you might like that then gets you upset because they're talking bad about things you like and then you start questioning that passion and that that enjoyment towards that thing. You know, just just cut it out. Just cut it out. You know, do what you can. Simplify, simplify your living. Simplify your circle and just just try to be better. That's yeah. uh, that's what I'm chucking in the wishing well. 100% can get by that one. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and lastly, I forgot to say, um, no more console wars. Who cares about console wars? You know who won? We did. The gamers won. Let's just all be happy with that. So, uh, yeah, that's my piece. I'm stepping away from the wishing well now. Uh, Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we uh, get on out of here uh, and return next week for episode 225 of THG? I might actually just quickly dunk a coin in and wish for another Titanfall game. Just whoop, bloop. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Titanfall 3. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Titanfall 2 does not get anywhere near enough love. Check it out if you haven't. You can buy it for like $2 pretty so much. Like, yeah. I think anywhere. it might be on Game Pass as well. I'm not too sure, but yeah. Yeah. It would be, yeah, through through the EA mm. um, inclusion. So, yeah, get on and play that. The, the single player is phenomenal. The multiplayer is some of the best multiplayer you'll play. If people are still playing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 8-Bit Nation, thank you for for returning here for our first THG episode of 224. Obviously, uh, be sure to head over to 8bit.net to check out our revamped website. Uh, so we've uh, rebuilt that sucker from the ground up. Also, our web store, so shop 8bit.net to check out our new streetwear style lines of merch Mm. we're bringing out. And also, if you wanted to support us monetarily, obviously, uh, ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. 
coffee, shout us a coffee, shout yeah. us a slice of pizza, whatever you want to shout us. Uh, yeah, and if you can't do it monetarily, obviously just rate, review, subscribe us on those podcast charts, primarily Apple Podcasts if you can because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Obviously, also check out audiotechnica.com, audiotechnica.com.au for the best in audio-based equipment. We'll be announcing our first giveaway for 2021 this coming week with a good assortment of AT gear thrown in there as well. So thank you to those legends over at Audio Technica. But until next week, 8-Bit Nation, I think it's time we shut down the studio. For now, much love. Stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. I think I've decided on pizza for dinner. Pizza or KFC? I'm going pizza. I'm kind of feeling like pizza now. Are you getting Papa John's? Maybe. What's your pizza you order from Papa John's? Cheesy garlic. <laughs> Cheesy garlic.